Welcome to Season 2, Episode 13 of the Strike 3 Podcast. This episode, our guest is two-time NCAA College World Series umpire and recently announced as the NCAA Director of Umpire Training, Billy Hayes. Billy assigns for several college conferences and took some time out of his busy schedule to discuss his challenges of the 2021 season and what he anticipates for the college 2022 season. We here at Strike 3 Podcast want to congratulate Billy on his appointment to the Director of Umpire Training position and wish him the best of luck. Please enjoy our conversation with Billy Hayes. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Center. Wait, 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 CB. Yeah? But that's not us, man. That's another show. Oh, really? Man. Yeah. Well, there we go. From underneath some milk crate in Northern California, it's Strike Three with CB. Enoch. And Trav. And here are your hosts, Colin Brown. Eric Nakagawa. And Travis Witt. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another splendid edition of Strike Three Podcast. I'm CB. I'm Enoch. And I'm Trav. And today we are talking with uh, a guy that has started it off probably for all three of us. One of our coaches and mentors in this wild thing of uh, baseball umpiring. He's a two-time College World Series umpire with uh, a tremendous amount of accolades and we are sitting here today with Mr. Billy Hayes. Billy, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it, man. Hey, guys. Uh, thank you for uh, having me. I'm looking forward to it and uh, I'm glad we're able to connect. Yeah, thanks, Billy. Good, good to see you. <clears throat> as well. Thank you, sir. Thank you. It's good to see you as well. So we just kind of want to jump in. We want to talk about college assigning and, and, and COVID and how that affected the signers. Uh, we, we had a session with some high school assigners um, kind of talking about it. And they were, you know, and I also I assign high school as well in, in Northern California around the Bay Area. And you know, we had game changes every single day from from from. Well, we had two weeks notice that the season's going to start and from 13 days before the season until the next to last day of the season. I had a change request from a league or a school, usually multiple every single day um i'm not quite sure i know you at times we've talked during the season last year that you had changes and the schedules kept changing but you know how rampant was it it wasn't every single day i hope no it wasn't every single day um you know the college stuff is a little bit different just for the mere fact that there's a there's a little more to to expedite than than say a high school game You've got, uh, you know, um, more people that are there, you know, they, they stream the stuff, they announce it. Um, there's just a little bit more that's involved. So to, to have to move things is, is a little more cumbersome, if you will. Um, it wasn't, I can't say that it was overall awful. Um, I think, and I know that we'll probably get into this topic. I think the, the, um, organizing of the COVID protocols seems to be more of a, or seem to be more of a challenge than uh, the games getting moved around. They, they seemed pretty consistent as, as for the most part. Um, there, there were the one-offs or two-offs, if you will, 
on, um, you know, a team testing and, and having a, a large number and then having to, you know, reschedule. But mm. I just don't remember it being that bad. Although, you know, I've got a wonderful team that helps me out. So they kind of keep a lot of that stuff off my plate. Um, but I, I it, it wasn't as bad as I thought it might be. Now, with that said, um, we had a lot less, you know, games to have to, to coordinate than in years past. Um, you know, the, uh, the Cal Pack um, had te- one team minus in Marymount. They, just, they chose not to play at all in 2021. Right. Um, GSAC had a full complement of teams outside of uh, Menlo, I believe, was the only one there. Um, and then um, Skyac. Uh, they decided as a, as, as uh, institutions, they only had four teams that played and they didn't start until I think it was May. Uh, and they only played a 15 game schedule, which, which met the requirements with the NC2A to, to get to postseason. You know, we were 35 to 40% reduction in overall game assignments in 2021. And, and hit count of, of officials how was that affected well that was people yeah that was affected uh at least 15 to 20 percent in reduction of schedules and assignments just because there wasn't as many there wasn't as many needs if you will so i i my guess would be about 15 20 percent reduction um overall but that was kind of leveled out by the fact that um, I probably had 10% of the rosters choose not to officiate. So right. it lowered the amount of people that I normally use with the reduction of the game. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that, that, that the amount of officials that I assigned uh, still felt a reduction in, in somewhat number of games or percentages of games, but with that 10% reduction in staff, it, it equaled out. Okay. We, we tried to do our best to balance it. It was, it was a chess match, if you will, a little bit. Um, but um, I think we, we weathered it pretty good. So. Did you find that any of your officials that uh, of the ones that decided not to, that COVID was like the tipping point and they, they're just like, okay, that's it. I'm hanging it up. Yes. Um, small amount, less than 5%, but those, they were all the, um, kind of the seasoned guys, the older guys that were probably on the kind of the last couple years of, uh, wanting to, to officiate baseball. So they just chose to set sail and, you know, ride off into the sunset, if you will. Um, which, um, you know, I understand it and, um, made it easier for me because, you know, we had some younger people that, you know, in years past might not have gotten as many assignments because we have the veteran guys. Um, so that afforded some, some opportunities. So it worked out. Um, and I understood exactly where those guys were from or coming from. And, uh, and I understood it and I wished them well and told them thanks for, you know, their commitment to, to baseball and to umpiring and obviously the conferences and the brotherhood and all that good stuff. And I'm sure we'll get into this too on vaccinations and, 2022 is that's here now yeah. being asked so we, right, we yeah. saw your email so yeah yep, yep that's here with, with um, umpires um 
doing high school and other sports, did you find it difficult to try to scheduling those around someone and trying to get them the games at the higher level uh, for you to work? Did you find that I, difficult I, or did you at all just sit there and say, hey, these are the games? I didn't find it to be very challenging. Um, I think guys made it easier on me, meaning the officials, that they put their blocks in um, as best they could. So we weren't assigning guys or looking to assign guys that already had commitments with other sports. I think uh, beside the COVID thing, having a new software in one of the conferences was equally or greater challenging than anything. <laughs> yeah. um, Sorry for and, laughing. <laughs> hence, hence the reason why it's gone already. Right? Yeah. And we're not using yeah. it. So um, it was really clunky and cumbersome. And I think the COVID testing and, and the new software were by far more challenging than anything for us besides the, the, uh, the other stuff. But I don't, I don't remember um, having too many difficulties or challenges with uh, the other sports. It didn't seem to be a problem. So I just, I just don't recall it being an issue. Like we're, we're short because of, a guy officiating football. It, it seemed to work out because most of the Friday stuff were was during the day. So if a if a guy was doing football, he had enough time to to double dip and do both. So it worked out. Did you find the impact? You know, there's this whole hierarchy. If 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 you get a you get a higher level game, you go work that. So if you're working, you know, for Jim Peranto in the Mountain West, or you know Tom. Tyler, you know, West Coast or a Division II game, um, and obviously NAI is the next step, and, and beneath you is, you know, junior college and then high school below that, kind of in the middle. Did you, was there more of that than usual of guys getting called up and picking up to a, because of maybe some shortages at, at different levels? More of that? Yeah, there was, there, there was that, and there was some last minute stuff, for sure, and trickle down effect, but We've always been very fluid and flexible with that stuff. I'm a firm believer that when you got an opportunity to work a level above the one that you're assigned to, um, it's a no-brainer. Um, it should always be that way, to be honest with you. Um, I'm not a big proponent of, you know, guys having to get it, get permission and go through all that. It's just, man, if you get an assignment above what I'm what I'm coordinating, it's, I mean, just give me the courtesy of a, a phone call or you know, an email and tell me, I'm, right. I'm willing to make accommodations. There's some guys that just don't like that. They, they want to hear from the assigner and it's got to be all official and documented and who the hell cares? I mean, it's an assignment. What it's a small <laughs> world. The guy's going to BS me and, and he's going to go work some other D2 or NAI game somewhere. I don't think so. So I don't know. I just, I, I always am I'm very, willing to let guys uh, just off just yeah take it go have fun enjoy it you've earned it it's a great thing but yeah we had our fair share but I don't I don't find it to be out of the norm of any other years or it being um, something that um, um, caused me angst or ill will or anything because we've always done that right and we've always had, I've had, always had a great working relationship with Tom and, um, and his, you know, need for somebody at the D2 level or at the division one level, Jim's the same way I've given, you know, Dave guys without, I don't need to hear from those guys. 
And that's easy. Just send me an email. Hey, I need X, Y, Z. Sure. Take them. Right. No questions <clears throat> asked. So. No, that's good. That, that is as it should be. And, and someone who's in the, the food chain beneath you, I, I try to follow that, that same example. Sure. Hey, Billy, Billy's offered me a game. Great. I don't mean to make it. Hey, go. Yeah. It's your chance. Yeah. It, you know, we, we've got to get back to trust in each other and, and the honor system and all that. And then if, if somebody breaks that, then shame on them and we'll deal with that individually. I've never been, I've never been one that needs to, 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 to scold the entire group. It doesn't make any sense. You know, um, there's guys that that's how they lead because they feel that if they announce it to the entire group, then the entire group's going to get the message. The entire group has the message. It's just one person that deviated from it that particular time. So why here's do a, we here's a bench out? warning. Here's a bench warning. Cause one guy yeah, it's, off. <laughs> just, yeah, it's just dumb. It's like, you know, we got one cat yelling from the dugout. So we're going to be upset with the whole dugout. Jeez. Yeah. Got other things, better things to do than that. <laughs> right. So Billy, do you anticipate any massive roster needs being that last year, the NC2A adjusted, you know, four man to three man. And so the attrition kind of went, you know, downhill. Now we're looking, we're possibly looking at a, you know, a, a regular season, full season. And now everyone's going to go back up to what they were before. Do you, are, do you think there's going to be any, uh, you know, massive need to recruit because of those numbers? 100%. Yeah. There, there you know, the, all indications that we're going to get back to, regular working conditions. Um, I'm hearing three man, you know, at the levels that I'm coordinating. Um, I'm hearing back to four uh, for, um, you know, all the D1 stuff, you know, regular working conditions. So yes, I think that recruitment, I think recruitment is always, um, it should be at the forefront regardless. You always should be um, keeping your um, coffers, full and and with with potential if you will so um i think that that's smart and um important and um needed and i'm always looking i mean i just got an email from uh a really great confidant i'm looking at it right now for what he send me how many guys is it let me just click on this really quick one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 guys in Arizona. Wow. So, I mean, some of the names I already know, but there's a handful that I don't. And uh, so it's appreciative because um, Arizona's uh, adding, um, we're adding a team in Prescott. And we are, um, we're adding another team somewhere else. We just talked about this the other night. I forget where the hell it is. Uh, but we're adding. We got another team that's coming in here in California. I think down in Southern California, um, as an independent. So, um, and there's talk that uh, UC Merced may get baseball. Um, they would be in the Cal wow. Pack. So the Cal Pack's wanting to grow. They're wanting to grow. They're they they were six. Now they're they're now we're seven with St. Catharines. I think Bethesda join soon i think westcliff uh will get affiliation soon they're both independents gosh darn it guys there's one more but isn't st cats 
independent? St. Catharines is a member of the Cal Pac. They are now. Okay. Yeah, they're a full-fledged member. They were not for two or three years while they went through their, you know, orientation process, if you will. Lots of independents that are out there. So um, growing. NAIA baseball mm-hmm. is, is, is definitely growing. So yeah. it's good. More opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> absolutely. Um, re- recruiting kind of even d- at your level, how do we get people in the pipeline to, to feed, feed up through that? Because they have to come from somewhere. Um, I have a few guys on my roster that, that I'm, I, I wanted to suggest to you, or at least get them on your radar, I think. But, you know, how do I you have suggestions for those of us to help feed into the system to try to get some guys to bubble up? Well, uh, doing what you guys are doing and word of mouth is a big deal. You know, that, that definitely helps. And that goes for everybody. It doesn't just have to be like an assigner like yourself, Eric. It can be, you know, just umpires that have worked with people. You know, I had a, I've had a couple of people that have worked with some different folks recently. Um, the one gentleman that uh, worked at USF a couple of weeks ago, I'm forgetting his name, but he got recommended by somebody up in the North Bay. Uh, that happened to work with him and said he was outstanding. And so, of course, I, you know, had my folks at USF looking at those guys and telling me, giving me feedback and whatnot. So it's it's just like that. It's those type of things uh, that we're not afraid to promote people and get people in the pipeline. Right. <clears throat> those days have got to be over. And we were all there. We were all in our high school units when you've got your old guys that have been doing it 25 years they're set in their ways they're the head chair trainer or the treasurer whatever they are and they don't get any better and you get some whippersnapper that comes in it's all great and looks good and fit and all these things and next thing you know they're discouraging him through the simple fact of jealousy just can't afford that can't happen um i'm i'm a perfect example of that with the with the football stuff that I did, what, eight years ago? God, it's it's been so long. You know, I ended up doing, what, four or five years of high school football, and I loved it. I just thought it was awesome. And um, they had a need for white hats, and I wasn't afraid. I was like, who cares? Just learn the signals, learn, learn the verbiage. But it was a threat to a lot of guys because I picked it up fast. And, uh, and I got it down, but that's just because I was official. It wasn't necessarily right. because I knew a ton about football officiating because I didn't. Um, I just made sure that if I was going to go out and white hat a varsity game, that they put me with a really experienced, you know, umpire that knew all the, you know, enforcements and everything. And all I did was focus on speaking into that little microphone that went off through the PA and signaled the right way. And, all that good stuff that helped me out. So, but I had a lot of guys that were threatened by me because, you know, they were like, Oh, this guy, you know, and, you know, I had thick skin, so I didn't let it bother me, but people that are just getting into it, they don't know that. And so they feel like, God, these people don't like me. This is a bad atmosphere. And, you know, you go get yelled at by somebody on a sideline or whatever. And next thing you know, we've lost a talented individual that we can't afford to lose. And that's where we have, a shortage because we're not we're not we're not educating these young people 
especially these people that are doing travel baseball and little leagues and this and that little league, a little bit different. Cause they got a, a really great decorum, you mm-hmm. know, protocol that they just don't deviate from it, but the comp baseball gets out of control. And next mm-hmm. thing you know, you've got really talented young people that like it and they like making the money, but they get turned off because of, you know, some jerk dad, because he thinks his kid's an all American at, 10 and they scream and holler and moms are atrocious and verbally abusive. They're worse than dads. I've listened to it. And next thing you know, these people are gone. So right. um, yeah. we just, we just can't afford it. And so one of the things that I want to focus on in the future is building the uh, BBUA um, brand more and, and diving more into um, the travel baseball world and, and doing more educational training with that. Um, that's really the focus that I want to do. And I've had a lot of discussions with, with uh, Glenn Carnes. You know, he's the, he's the head of Ump Nation and, you know, perfect game. In fact, we just spoke last week on a couple mm-hmm. of topics. And uh, I might be actually going out to uh, Arizona next weekend. Is it next weekend or the weekend after? I can't remember. One of the weekends coming up, he wants to talk about some big, some big things that they're doing and, and they're, you know, they're expanding out West here a lot more and, and having big, a bigger footprint. He just wants to take advantage of what we've been able to do. We've expedited probably eight or nine tournaments thus far for them and uh, went off with pretty much without a hitch. Grateful for my team, you know, those boys behind the scenes doing what they're doing and, and, and putting out a really positive professional product and, making it seamless and you know he likes that so it's worked out but we've got to get them there that's where we got to get them and we've got to we've got to educate them we got to we got to be honest with them hey you're going to get yelled at and you're going to you're going to have some some bs moments you're going to have some real asshole parents and and coaches and you've got to be able to not get down on yourself. You got to be able to not internalize that. You got to be able to filter it in a way that you take it serious enough, but you don't uh, internalize it to where it breaks you down and it discourages you from continuing. That's what we've got to start doing a better job of. And if we do that, I feel like we will, um, we'll have the numbers that we need in moving forward because um, it's a scary thought, you know, I don't know if you guys sat in on any of the NASA summit stuff, but um, you know, that was a big, big topic of discussion on where we're at with numbers and, and the shortages and, and all these things that, uh, that we are faced with. And it's, you know, everybody's sitting around going, how do we recruit? And I'm like, well, I don't think it's hard to recruit. I think it's hard to retain them. Pain. There's a lot of people that want to do this. There's a lot of young kids that 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 want to do this. They they get the fire in the belly. They love the juice. They love to make the money. It works around a, a college schedule brilliantly. You know, if you're you're an early 20 something, you know, only making 45, 50 grand, this is a great way of 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 making extra money and 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 making it, you know, work. So a lot of people want to do this. It's it's the fact that the BS outweighs the money. We got to figure out how we can 
mitigate that and, and not have them leave us. That's a big challenge. Yeah. With, with retainment to the college level, um, do you see guys after three or four years um, either sitting there saying college isn't for me, I rather prefer, prefer the lower level or do you hear that or see that from some of the guys and then how would how do you handle and talk to them and try to keep them from coming off your roster the prize is division one let's just be honest that's the coveted holy grail if you can get to d1 with a significant schedule the money is too good and these guys love to make it uh, they love to travel. They love to go to these different sites. Uh, they love the camaraderie, the brotherhood, all of that stuff. They eat it up. Right. So once we get them to division one and they get a taste of that, it's hard to get them out. The only way that they're going to get out is if they're, if they're, a, a, if they're a Greg Charles, let's be honest. Uh, you know, Greg Charles is in his prime as far as umpiring, mm-hmm. but he is choosing to pick his son and his family over being gone for weekends, which I admire. Um, I know he misses it, and I know he's debating on whether or not he wants to come back for 2022, Um, but but they're rare, those guys. Yeah. Um, Most guys at the Division I level will sacrifice a lot of stuff to make it work. I mean, you're looking at one of them. I've sacrificed for years to make this Mm -hmm. work and towed the line kind of tight on some things when it's come to work, putting that in jeopardy, missing family things, putting that in jeopardy. So you got to have some balance. You got to have some perspective, but the guys that are, are getting a shot at, at, in, at D2, um, even the D3 stuff and majority of the NAI guys that, you know, they, they see the prize above and then they're all working towards that. They're all working to get to that level that they covet. So they continue to do it, even yeah. even when maybe the money isn't as good or the conditions aren't as good or the baseball isn't as good. I still see people loving to do it and, and, and having the fire to continue to do it. And um, they don't they don't come off of it. It's it's rare when they come off of it. It's it's more of a personal choice of uh, it's time. And I respect that wholeheartedly. I mean, if you come to a point where um, it's more of a challenge, it's more of a chore, it's physically too demanding, it's mentally too demanding, because it, it can yeah. get there, guys. I'm going to be honest with yeah. you. This last year was that was a humdinger okay. for me, and uh, it, it required a lot of energy, probably why I feel tired to this day. <laughs> but uh, – <clears throat> But you get the you get that fire, man. You like making that money. You like uh, you like the accolades. You like the opportunity to to get the postseason acknowledgments. That right there is the holy grail. That fuels it, man. That's that's what I see fires guys up and and gets them motivated to continue to do what we do. So yeah, yeah I don't see lower. a lot of it, Travis. Um, I see a lot of guys just wanting to continue to to trek the path. Yeah, just. We, we all see at the lower levels. I just didn't know if there was a high retainment at the, the higher level of the college, but listening to that. 
Well, I definitely, I definitely feel in the next five years, we're going to start to lose some of those veteran faces that, that you're kind of accustomed to seeing. Yeah. Uh, we just, we just lost one with uh, Frank Sylvester announced his retirement. Gosh, some like 25 years working the wow. ACC. Yeah. Um, four or five Omaha's ton of supers and regionals just time. Yeah. Just time. I mean, I, I got to spend, I didn't get to work with them, but our, our paths crossed three or four times um, back East in the ACC. And, uh, and he just told me, he goes, Hazy, it's just, just time. I want to be home. I want to go, I want to go on my vacation home off, you know, the Jersey shore. And I said, sounds good to me. (laughs) But you get to that point, you get to that point where, you know, the accolades or that you've been there, done that. I mean, it happens. It happens. I told somebody the other day, if I never, if I never worked another postseason, I, and people go, ah, you're lying. I'm like, no, (laughs) I'm, I'm being honest. It's been a great run. It's not, I'm not chasing Jeff Hendricks. That's not, it's not part of my DNA. It's not my makeup. I don't, I don't need fistfuls of Omaha rings. I, I mean, I'm happy for him. I love looking at him, but I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, we sure right. appreciate your time uh, today. I'm sorry, Eric. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, that, that was it. We, we were kind of looking at the time. Want to be respectful of your time, Billy. So yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, ask away. I mean, it's I'm, I'm good as long as you guys are good. One question before um, before we let you go: What are your expectations for the 2022 college baseball season? That's a loaded one. You mean me personally, or do you mean what I what I think is going to happen? Well, what you think is going to happen? Yeah. I think we're going to have a full season. I think it's going to start on time. I think we're a year away from at least the division one season starting later. I do think that that's going to happen in 2023 sometime in March, which I'm full in favor of. I feel that testing will still be there, but I think vaccinations are going to be required to come on campuses. That might not be everywhere, but especially out West, I feel that that's gonna be there. And and I, I think it's based on geographics. I think it's based on political views as well. I don't want to get into any of that because that's a mixed bag, but yeah, I definitely feel that the state of California, these institutions are going to require us to be vaccinated to go on campus. They're going to require it to play. How they do that, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if there's going to be lawsuits or this, that, and the other, but when you've got a kid that's in college and he needs to play college ball to, to potentially get to the next level, what are you going to do? Sit out or are you going to go put a needle in your arm? Right. Because it doesn't look like even uh, for people who are fully vaccinated, I mean, we could see, you know, what's happening as far as, you know, people, you know, still getting COVID. It doesn't look like it's going to go anywhere anytime soon. I don't think so, boys. I feel that this thing, it, it's, 
gosh, I'm going to, I'm going to try to, cause I, I've got some really strong views on this whole thing and I don't want to get on a tangent with it. And I'm sure you guys understand where I'm coming from, but uh, oh, yeah. I, I have, I held out all of the college baseball season and did not get vaccinated. I tested probably four times a week. Um, I tested before I got on the plane. I tested when I got off the plane and I tested every day of every game that I did. It is what it is. I didn't know enough about the vaccines. I was suspicious of them. I'm just old school. My wife got them. She got them early. And um, we consulted with our physicians and talked a lot, um, especially when it came to my son. Uh, he just turned 12 um, three, four weeks ago. So we debated on that. And we got a lot of feedback from pediatricians and experts and this, that, and the other. And we came to the conclusion that it was safe enough. So me and him both uh, got our first uh, doses three weeks ago, and we're due to get our next one on Monday. Um, I'm not going in the dark yet. Um, <laughs> um, somebody told me it was pretty funny because I mentioned to them I might have had a few horns in me. I said, oh, I'm not going to get it because, you know, they're going to it's just a tracking mechanism. And the dude goes, you walk around with this thing, don't you? And I go, yeah, point well taken. <laughs> so, uh, so that was good. But, um, but I think that, I think we're going to have to have them. I really do. Yeah. I think that they're going to be mandatory and you're going to have to show the card. I think, I think getting on a plane, you're going to probably have to do that. I think going into a federal building, you're going to probably have to do that. The virus is serious. I've never discounted it. I don't think it's really any different than what we deal with with flus every year and the different strains of the flus. I do believe that this is more contagious. I, I'm a firm believer of that. And I am believing that this thing affects people in all kinds of different ways because there's been completely healthy people that have gotten it and passed away. Yeah. But a majority of it is people with underlying conditions and issues that it just attacked their immune system and they were vulnerable. And, you know, um, I got a father that is very um, uh, susceptible. Um, he's got kind of a rare blood disease. It's not blood cancer, but it acts like it. And he's been on a lot of different forms of medications. I mean, the guy can't get a scratch alone or he'll be in trouble. I mean, he literally will bleed out. So he has to be very precautionary and ha and was at the beginning. Um, but now he's more of, I'm precautious, but I still got to live my life. And I think that's the best advice. I think that yeah. we need to be precautious, but we still need to live our lives. And we can't shut down a country, um, uh, a world. We're, we're not meant to Words. do that. Yeah, we're, we're just not meant to do that. Yeah. And uh, but 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 we have to take it serious. And I think I think each and every year it's going to cycle and it's going to be it's it's every year they come up with a different strain of the flu. You got a different strain of the flu vaccine. Mm -hmm. You'll get it. But it usually doesn't work until the next year. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. That's what they've always told us. So I tend to I tend to go. All right. Well, COVID's here. It's going to be here. It's not going to go away. It's going to mutate and it's going to do its thing. And unfortunately, um, 
people are going to die from it. Sad. And, and I hate to say it, but it's true. And but people have died every year because of getting the flu or, or getting pneumonia or, or whatever. It's right. hey, our time is our time. And, um, you know, I'm going to respect it, but I'm not going to stop living. Just, Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Just not going to stop living. So I think we just have to learn how to live with it. And uh, we've got to, we've got to respect our bodies and, and do the best we can. Um, but it is, it's, it's, it's challenging. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely changed our lives. There's no doubt about it. I mean, just go fill up your tank. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The last 18 months have been different. So it's just, it's a new reality that we're going to have to move forward with. So there, there's no doubt. There's no doubt, but I'm excited. I'm excited for um, 2022. Um, I'm excited with the camps coming up. Um, you know, we, we, uh, we're behind it a little bit because we, we've, um, we've had a lot of issues with hotels. Yeah. Um, a lot of issues with hotels and, and them committing and then, Oh, we got an event or, Oh, there's this COVID protocol thing or, Oh, we're changing. Oh my God. It's just been, it's the reason why we canceled them last year. Right. But yeah. I'm not canceling this year because it's, it might be the last one. So uh, <laughs> we're going to get them in and we're going to have a good time. And it's been a great run. Not a lot of play, not a lot of organizations can say they've done it for 10 plus years. And yeah. I'm proud of what we've done, but I think we're at the point in time right now where all of us that put them together, we're just, we're just at a stage where we need to focus on some other things. And, uh, and it's okay. It's okay. Cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of quality instruction that's out there and I'm sure, I'm sure somebody will pick up the baton and, and want to run with it. Uh, Mike, does so much behind the scenes with it and uh, you know he's got a, a little boy he's got another child on the way yeah. uh, we all know that he lost the the baby girl right uh, last year which was just yeah. devastating it, it breaks my heart every time I think about it so I don't um, he does a lot and uh, Scott Jones does yeah. a lot Gary DeFabio does a lot but Gary doesn't have a life so I don't feel sorry for him <laughs> <laughs> I've got so many things pull me in different directions. And, uh, with a son that's ju just turning 12, that's really involved in baseball and he's really good at it. I just, um, I wouldn't be able to look back on this time if I didn't start to push myself away from some of these personal things that I do in the, in the umpiring world, by no means am I walking away or anything like that. I just, I got to put it in the perspective a little bit and, and, and delegate, more time away from it. And um, those are hard things to do because, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, like to ask me for my time and it's hard to say no, but I'm getting to the point now where I'm realizing that the clock's ticking and I got him in my house for like five more years and then he's in college and that just kind of baffles me. So yeah. I don't want to look back on that and say, I regret not being around a little bit more so. completely understandable absolutely completely. and speaking of camps that's actually going to be our next episode and yeah uh, we're going to do it down in, in riverside right well we're going to have a, a facebook live down in riverside but we're oh, going to nice. do an episode specifically on camps right. uh 
for our next episode. And if you'd be willing, we'd love to have you back. Absolutely. No, I'd love to because uh, we we got a lot of people questioning whether we're having them. I keep we put out. <laughs> We put out a social media thing the other day going, yes, we're still having them. We just, we, we just are trying to get all, there's so much bombardment with information and registrations and all that. So we're trying to get that all buttoned up and, and tidied up. And then there's the fact that, you know, we haven't had these since 2019. So a lot of guys put deposits down, said, roll it over. So it's all about checks and balances and push pulls and this and that. And it's just, you know, Mike, Mike's got a new job with the company that I got him a job with, and he's absolutely killing it and doing great sure. things. And, um, and I'll share with you guys at, at, at camp, what I've been doing over the last two years. And you guys will be like, really? And yeah, you'll, you'll know why I'm pushing away yeah. from the table on some stuff. <laughs> always look forward to the, to the camp. It'll be fun. Always, It'll yes. be fun. And, always and, is. Always is fun. It is. Well, it it is. It's, a, there, so. it's kind of a, it's kind of a ritual now it's become a ritual. So I don't know. Well, maybe we'll, maybe we'll just take a small group and get together for a weekend in September or October and just reminisce or something. <laughs> <laughs> but they've always like been great. Idea. I mean, yeah. there's, there's always a, a good feel good story or, or something that comes out of them. And that's the memories that I remember. That's probably what I'll be reminiscing during the three sessions that we have is just the different times that we've spent. And I'll, I'll, you know, especially in Sacramento, I'll, I'll be driving by a place or something and I'll remember, Oh, that's the place that we did that event or hosted that, or remember that night or this or that. And then when I'm down in Riverside, you know, we've been down in Riverside for probably seven, eight years now. Right. And there's a different watering holes and the different places we've stopped and, just the hotels that we've stayed at and we've had our, you know, our uh, instructor rooms and the laughs and the stories and, you know, the drop pizzas and things I probably can't mention, but uh, <laughs> they're all, they're all yeah. good. They're we'll, fun. we'll save that for the, we'll save that one for the clinic episode. Yeah. Well, there's, yeah. Yeah, there's that. So. So, yeah. 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 Right. But no, it's good. It's good. And I, and I appreciate what you guys are doing. I think it's great. It's an awesome uh, platform. Um, it's keeping people uh, engaged, especially last yeah. year when when so much was lost and missed. Um, it gave guys a bit of hope and, and a connection for the most part on on the baseball world and stuff. So continue doing what you're doing. I I think it's awesome that you guys have um, uh, broadened out, and it's not just you know people on the West Coast. You've you've reached out to people all over the United States and uh, tapped into their uh, knowledge and expertise so um, i think it's great i think it's awesome and we need more of it so kudos Thank you very much appreciate that no problem well everybody this has been another wonderful and splendid edition of strike three podcast we will see you down the road billy thanks again take care thanks billy thank you billy, you thanks, Good billy. See you. take care well that yeah, was billy hayes everybody wow Great. Billy, Billy was, was very generous this time and good thoughts. And yeah, it looks like we are going to have a season. So I guess I'll go ahead and polish my shoes. So, right. I'm going to buy new <laughs> shoes. So they'll already be polished and shine for me for the first game. So, yeah, I, I think the college assigner experience was different than high school. Oh, oh without yeah. a doubt. 
I think just the structure is is different. different. The games usually were set up because it was adjusted schedule. Things were done in a series, which they were anyway, but there weren't as many midweek games just because of the testing protocols that had to be done. So, right. Now, the testing four times a week, I, you know, we can relate to that too, having to test multiple times. <clears throat> so, yeah. absolutely. And probably we'll have to continue to get tested. Yeah. Before, even though we got the card, if you get the card. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, great. Swabs well, up the nose. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm getting good at it. So. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I had to do one the other day. So. Still doing it. So. All right. Well, that that's another wrap of the episode for a Strike Three podcast. Um, we thank Billy Hayes for his time and and giving us some insight, um, and so, some reminiscing uh, reminiscing. Sorry, air quotes, reminiscing about the 2020, 2021 experience, um, but looking forward to move ahead. So I think that's a wrap for us. That sounds good. All right, everybody. Thanks again. Uh, Again, I'm CB. I'm Enoch. And I'm Trav. We'll see you down the road. See you. Later. Thank you for listening to this episode of Strike Three Podcast. We would like to thank our special guest, two-time College World Series, Division Three and NAIA signer and the newly appointed NCAA Director of Fire Training, Billy Hayes, for making time to join us today and share his reflections on the highlights and lowlights of the recent COVID pandemic impacted seasons and, and also his insights on the upcoming 2022 college baseball season. Please be sure to check the show notes for more information from Billy, including his website, Black and Blue Umpire Camps. Please join us on our upcoming episodes, including more bonus episodes, where we talk to college assigners Billy Joe Speck and Alex Scandalis, plus upcoming episodes about camps and clinics. So goodbye, everybody, from Strike 3 Podcast, your source for taking your umpiring to the next level. Goodbye. Oh, before you go, like all good sports officials, we value the importance of feedback. Please rate our podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get this podcast. Your rating will help us improve and assist others in finding the Strike 3 podcast. Or please feel free to email us at feedback at strike3podcast.com. That is feedback at strike, the number three, podcast.com. Thanks for listening.